Can you hear me? Is there anybody in there? <laughs> do, do you... Do you ever feel like having a full-on self-destructive meltdown? So you just stare at the mildewy concrete wall of your mildewy concrete apartment and eat an entire tub of yogurt with a plastic spoon. And then you're staring at the bottom of this empty tub of yogurt and you feel terrible because even though you're a demon and have magic demon powers, you still somehow can't digest yogurt. Oh, I'm a demon. A demon who's out of strawberry yogurt doesn't want to go get any more. Also, you're dead, I, I guess. And you're in hell. I probably should have led with that. I don't even need to put on pants to go to the store. I don't have pants. I'm a demon. This is hell. I'm made out of light and eyeballs. I could just get up and go to the store. I mean, what else am I going to do with my night? I mean, I'm going to tell you a bedtime story, so I guess I'll do that. Lucifer gave you to me. She said I seemed like I needed someone to talk to. You're in a jar, by the way, or your soul's in a jar, at least. A jam jar. It's kind of pretty. Not the jar, the label's been ripped off, so it's all sticky. But your soul's pretty. It's sort of... magenta? And blue and pink and swirly. And none of those things at all, I guess. I can see the entire spectrum of light, since I have so many eyes. So you're sort of a color you can't see. You're... You know when you're riding passenger in a car during a rainstorm? And you're at the end of a long road trip, and your best friend's driving, and you're madly in love with him, but you haven't told him yet, and maybe you never will, but right now it doesn't matter. Right now, the heater in the car is cranked up high, and the rows of red brake lights are reflecting off the rain and puddles as you go 65 across the overpass, and you feel like you're flying, or maybe being carried while something else flies. And the windshield wipers beat in rhythm with your best friend's laughter, and you bite your lip to keep the I love you in, and you're sure their laugh is the only sound you've ever heard, and like that moment is the only one that's ever been real. That's what color you are. Went to get more yogurt, and I'd have to wash my plastic spoon. And all the water here is nasty. It smells like chlorine. Like, a lot like chlorine. Like drinking a public pool. And then the spoon makes the first bite of yogurt taste like chlorine. I can't even wipe the spoon off because I'm made of light and don't have any clothes or any possessions because I just got here. I'm a new demon. Freshly sacrificed to a devil. Can you... Can you see out of the jar? Do you have eyes in there? Doesn't look like it. We're in my apartment. It's... Well, it's just one room. 
the floor and two of the walls are concrete and then there's a door I guess and um it's door shaped and it opens and closes and everything's sort of damp the other two walls are just cabinets huge empty dresser drawers with knobs and and I have a sink that's how I got the sink I opened all the drawers and one of them had a working sink inside so I guess that's pretty nifty the empty yogurt is in the sink. And my spoon. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's soul is in a family-sized strawberry yogurt tub. Apparently there's too many people in hell, so they've been putting them in jars in Lucy's pantry. Lucy. Well, Lucifer. Everyone calls her Lucy. She's a cat? Did you know that? Do you think Lucifer would be a six-foot-tall, long-haired white cat? Because I did not. Anyway, she told me to talk to you, and take care of you, like how remorseful spirits take care of the goldfish ghosts that haunt pet stores. I don't... I think she was trying to tell me to take care of you like I would take care of a pet goldfish, but I don't think she understands how goldfish work. I was going to say something, but then she smiled really wide at me, all teeth and eyes, so I am... Um, I didn't say anything. She said you're just dreaming in there. Are you dreaming? She said you just dream your life over and over and over again subconsciously to keep from getting bored or confused or scared. She said that's just what souls do. Yeah, she said you think you're alive, but you're not. You're dead in hell in a jam jar with a purple twist top and your consciousness is coming up with some weird excuse for you to hear me like hopefully you're reading my voice in a book or something or you're sitting on your back porch listening to your neighbor have a really weird phone call i hope you're not i hope you're not like frozen in the checkout line at the grocery store as you hear my voice booming over the crackly pa or alone driving home in the dark you know one of those creepy stretches of highway where the only light comes from your car's brights, and there's fields of wheat or mint or grapes or whatever all around you, and you're pretty sure you're the only person on earth, and you don't look too hard at the infinitely dark field, and you don't look at the empty seats in the back of the car, because what if you turned around and someone was looking back? And you have goosebumps, so you turn on the radio. Like, it'd be terrible if you turned on your radio, and that was the moment you heard my voice telling you you're dead, complaining about yogurt. That'd be creepy. I hope this isn't creepy. I hope I seem pretend. <sighs> Wait, can you actually hear my voice? Like, how it sounds? I'm a man, just so you know. A guy. My name's Simon. I'm made of light and, like, cinnamon applesauce or something. Everybody is. Your voice just sort of does its own thing. Gender works different here. Your body's a reflection of your essence or something. Your, your, your truest vibes. Apparently my essence is purplish and has horns and is still chubby somehow. Yeah. Anyway... I'm going to tell you stories, because I don't like talking about myself, and I do like telling stories. 
I'm not great at them. They're all sort of weird, but... But you're not a goldfish, so I can't take care of you like one. But you are dreaming, and that's sort of like being asleep, so... I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. One... one I came up with. Are you ready? There's a city, very far from wherever you are, but still within driving distance. It's a city that got built the wrong way round. In most cities, they start building in the middle, and then grow out. With all the tall, important buildings in the center, spindling out from there like roots on a tree. But in this city, they did the opposite. All of the tallest buildings were in a ring around the outside, standing like gargoyles guarding a church. And if you walked into the city, the sidewalks got less and less cracked, and the buildings got smaller and smaller. If you walked all the way in, to the very middle, you would find a circle of suburbs where the women bleached their hair badly and the men wasted all the water on their yards. If you could grow wings and fly up above it, you might think it looked like an open mouth with huge, jagged teeth. In the outer ring of the city, in the tallest building farthest from the suburbs, there lived a young man. He lived in the third tower, on the third floor, in the third room on the left of the main hall, and his name was Margaret. Margaret never left the building. He hadn't once in his life. It was just a very large building, and he never needed to leave. Everything he could ever want was right there, but most importantly, the dumpling shop was there. He owned the dumpling shop, and he was proud of it. It was on the first floor, so every day he woke up, walked down two steep flights of stairs, and there he was, folding dumplings, seasoning dumplings, frying dumplings, selling dumplings. And, of course, every day a young woman called John would deliver the meat he used to cook them. John worked at the butcher's on the 33rd floor, and she was beautiful, and entirely covered head to toe in blood. Every spot on every piece of clothing and skin was red and brown, except for her stunning blue eyes and shiny, miraculously, meticulously clean blonde hair. So, of course, every day Margaret would talk to her. Your hair looks so good today, John. Or, would you like some dumplings, John? Or, John, I wish I could see you more often. And one day, she came in disgruntled. Margaret asked John what's wrong. She gave him a quizzical look, paused, and then replied, Do you want to come see the butchery? Margaret nodded, too eager to notice John's concerned expression, and followed her up the thirty-three flights of stairs. He followed her past his apartment, on the third floor, past the school on the seventh floor, past the floor that was inexplicably overrun with cats, past the hall of mirrors on the thirteenth floor. When they reached the thirty-third floor, they were panting, but over the panting Margaret could hear a dripping and a clicking and the lights were very dim. The ground was covered in electrical wires, but John didn't seem to notice, so Margaret followed her down the hall to the left and then the right, and then they got to the butchery. Come look, John said. A few other butchers smiled at him and then went back to slicing. Margaret walked in and followed John to a bag in the corner. 
three feet tall and three feet wide and filled to the brim with shiny white teeth. Why teeth? asked Margaret. Look, said John, pointing her blood-encrusted hand to the ceiling. Margaret looked. The ceiling was dripping teeth. He didn't know how he hadn't noticed earlier. They were rolling down the walls, falling from little holes in the corners into buckets, oozing out of every crack and crevice. Margaret looked at John. It bothers me every day, John said. It's all I can think about. Where are they coming from? Where could they come from? Margaret shrugged. John sighed. And that was that. Margaret walked back down the stairs and thought about the teeth. He made some dumplings and thought about the teeth. He went home, ate dinner, and went to bed, still thinking about the teeth. The next day, he couldn't bear it anymore. He got up, got dressed, and walked down the very steep stairs to the third floor. Then, instead of going to the dumpling shop, he kept going. He kept going until he walked to the first floor and right out the front door of the building. And then he kept going until he was a whole block away from it. And then he turned around. For a moment, it was a building. And then it was not. Margaret saw, for the first time in his life, that it wasn't a building at all. The towers were not towers. The windows were not windows. The gutters were not gutters. He saw that it was a beast. The towers were its antlers, its windows were a thousand moving, shining eyes, and it didn't have a white gutter to catch the rain. It had rows and rows of teeth. It had thousands and thousands, dripping, shedding, oozing, falling, the whole monster in constant motion, shaking, breathing, looking, searching. And Margaret saw that it was not just his building, the third building. It was every building in the city that they built the wrong way around. There were dragons and fish and angels and zebras. Everything was alive and everything was moving, watching, growing, breathing, keeping the people inside, digesting them. Margaret watched for a while, and then he walked back in, back to the first floor of the third tower of the third building, the building oozing teeth. And he went back up the stairs to his dumpling shop, and he sold dumplings. That night he crawled into his bed and went to sleep, and the next morning he went back to flirting with John. He did it all well. He lived his whole life well, almost perfectly, and he told himself he was happy. He was happy. He was. Of course, the city was a monster, but it always had been. The city had teeth and eyes and claws. The city was slowly eating Margaret alive, but that didn't prevent it from being his home. So he kept selling dumplings, because in a way, nothing had really changed. The end. <laughs> I hope you liked it. It's not supposed to be deep or anything, just sort of silly weird, I guess. I... I wish you could talk to me. I'm new. In hell, I mean. I'm new in hell. I got sacrificed to one of the head devils, 
there was a whole satanic ritual and everything. It was... It wasn't great. Yeah. Now I serve her. Because I'm a demon. I'm... I keep imagining what it would have felt like to die naturally. What it would feel like to be in a jar and dream about my life over and over, but... But that's the problem. I wouldn't have been in a jar. I'm dead, and a demon, and they explained how religion works, and... And I was good. I did it right. If I hadn't been sacrificed, I would have gone to heaven. I was supposed to go to heaven. Hmm. I'm... I'm gonna go buy more yogurt. And then I'm gonna figure out how to sleep. Or whether or not I need to sleep. And I... I don't have a bed, so that'll be... Yeah. That'll be cool. <laughs> I hope you, I hope you had a good life. I hope you can change it in your dreams, if you didn't. Dream good dreams for me, okay? Good night.